Hello and welcome to the Albion Social, your number one podcast for all things West Bromwich Albion. My name's Brad, otherwise known as Albion Insights, and as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Alf from the Baggies Bible. So to, on today's episode, we've got three games to cover, which is um, always exciting to talk about. Yes. <laughs> two two very um, professional performances over the past week since the last episode. A very good we know over the Tractor Boys on Saturday. And then um, a composed win over, over Cardiff last yes. night at the Cardiff City Stadium. Professional. Professional. <laughs> so um, I think let's talk about Ipswich first. Very yeah. professional performance again, as, as we said. Um, really impressed with how we set up um, tactically and just how we sort of nullified them. What are your views? What are your thoughts on why we played so well? Yeah, I think Carlos just got it. Got it. Bob on, man. He just got it so perfect. Um, it just felt like I can't really nail down what we actually did. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we just did everything so well. Um, I think when you're, uh, you've got a team like that coming to the Hawthorns, I think what we did really well was we stepped up to him. Obviously, it helped. We scored in the fifth minute. Um, yeah, that, that it always pretty, helps. Always yeah, helps. Always helps. <laughs> but that gave us a platform to really. No, I don't. I don't think we hunted them down, kind of thing. Um, but we didn't let them get foothold in the game at all, really. And I mean, I know we spoke about it last week. The type of team that they are, uh, keeping the ball, getting the ball back, um, in pressing. Um, we we just didn't let them do it. Didn't let them do it. We looked like the better team. We looked like the team that was second, and they looked like a team that had just come up from League One. Um, yeah. Which is just, it's just so impressive, and it's probably the best tactical, like bit of a game that I've seen from from Carlos, and probably in you know live in the flesh kind of thing against a, against a manager like McKenna, as we were talking about last week, how good McKenna is. Mm. It's a fantastic, fantastic win, man. Yeah, I think that that's probably the best performance that I've seen so far this season. I think yeah. you, you look at Preston, where like it was a bigger scoreline, but in terms of the opposition, the the team that we're playing against, in terms of the manager, about what they've achieved this season, it was just such a such a great win yeah. on, on Saturday. I mean, I haven't seen us play with so much confidence and, and desire for years, no. really. Um, and the the second goal was sort of the epitome of that. With the counter attacking at pace yeah. and the d- decision making, it was absolutely like t- top draw, and it was such a huge statement win over a side that they've lost just one league game all season. They were the last division, last side in the in the division who were unbeaten away from home. Jeez, I didn't know that. And it was just a, a ridiculous evening, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really was. It really was. I didn't expect it. Um, no, I know. On our last on our last pod, we were saying about you were saying that it was a tough game, and I was saying we were at home, we we're at home. But even even I didn't really think, you know, we're going to beat these like like two 0 easy easy win. <laughs> um, oh mate, it was it was fantastic. And like I said, I think the big thing is it's a statement. Um, I think we've had a few statement wins recently. Um, starting at Hull. Uh, well, the the one, the big one, I think, was Hall, um, where it wasn't that much of a statement because Hall, they're not that great. They're in and around us, and they're they're having a good season. Um, but it felt like 
you know, us knocking on the door and saying that we we are here, you know, we are we are knocking about here. But this, that's that game. It just felt like such a statement win to the rest of the league, um, to the rest of the top six. And I think you can count Ipswich in that um, in second. That we are here and we're not we're not going away, man. We're not going away. Yeah, I think we we um we sort of mulled over this run of games could like coming to the Christmas break yeah. where we looked at the likes of Saints and Hull and um Ipswich. The, 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 those type of games where realistically you're looking at maybe six points if you're lucky for from from the last four yeah. games. I think we were we were optimistic but <laughs> yeah. we were realistic as well. And to say that we've got nine points from those four games, arguably should have got twelve with, with the Saint Saints game as well. Yeah. We've Sort of managed the managed that run of games really well. I, mean, I know we've got a few tough games, including Leicester, which we'll cover it a bit later on. But to have Ipswich at the Hawthorns, where they had zero shots on target, yeah, is just completely <laughs> insane. I mean, this is a team who'd scored at least once in every game since February this year. Yeah. So I mean, they never really got going. I think we we settled perfectly. Obviously, the early goal helped. But I think we just completely controlled the game from the off. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. We just controlled and dominated. Um, like you say, no shots on target for fruit switch is incredible. Um, a team like theirs is it is fantastic. Um, and yeah, we it's. I think, like you say, it's just dominating the game, controlling the game, and it's not always. I think when you say dominating a game. I think what instantly comes to your head is uh, like 65, 70% possession, passing it around the back, Man City style kind of thing. But it's not, we just made them play the game on our terms. And uh, obviously that's like a, a gargantuan achievement for, you know, um, a team like Ipswich to come here and us to make them do that. It's massive. Um, it is massive. And... Yeah, it was uh it was just so good. It felt you made you feel so good that we won that game. And it was just uh it's it is fantastic and I I loved how we played. Um, like I say, on our terms, really on our terms. And the second goal, I think like you say, um with the pro the pride and the passion that the players put in and the second goal epitomised that. Um with, you know, the three or four players bombing forward to try and get something to try and get an avenue for the uh for for wallace on the ball uh it, yeah i think it was just top to bottom it was probably about as perfect a match day you could ask for do you know what i mean i'd agree with that as well i mean carlos had the, obviously the the two weeks to sort of prepare for it over the international break and yeah you, you could see that it, it was the fact that he's, he's so meticulous with everything and you know how how many like videos and, and clips he would have shown the players over the past two weeks and how, how he would have instructed them how he wanted to set them up. And it showed, and it's almost like he has like a bespoke game plan for every team at the moment. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, It goes into a game and it's never the same lineup. it seems, at the moment. Like I know, obviously, rotation, but the formations always seem different, the way they yeah. set up tactically, whether we're on the front foot, whether we're sort of sitting, sitting off a little bit, letting them have the ball. Every game plan seems different and customised to the opposition, which is such a is such a mark of a top coach, which Carlos obviously is. Yeah, yeah, Defo. I mean, 
I remember thinking um, during the Ipswich game, we uh, obviously, I feel like we, during Carlos's tenure, we've kind of gone through stages of Furlong being inverted or Furlong being out wide or, and Townsend being inverted uh, or Townsend being out wide. But against Ipswich, it was like Furlong was really inverted and Townsend was really wide. And it's not something I've seen him do before. And like you say, it's like he's bespoke, like he's looked at that and thought, you know, you know what will win us this game? Townsend being on the byline and Furlong not being on the byline. Like, I don't know yeah. why, but it's like <laughs> like those little things. Um, yeah, like you say, it's like he's, a, he's, he's an absolute master. And I mean, I was singing his praises to high heaven after that game because, like I say, it felt like against a, a coach like Kira McKenna, who I, I, I think is the best coach in this league, um, to do that, to take him back to school. Um, it's, it's Carlos, man. It's Carlos. Well, yeah, just, just touching back on, um, on Townsend a little bit. I think everyone was immense against Ipswich. I, I, I can't really name a, a player who had a, a poor performance, to be honest. But when you looked at, at the game, did you feel like Townsend was maybe targeted a little bit by Ipswich, a sort of I, like a weak point? I did think that in the first half. Uh, there's a few over-the-top balls, weren't there, where they were kind mm. of hooked over Townsend's head. And uh, it was obviously something that uh, they'd looked at and worked on. And I think it happened again against Cardiff as well, uh, which we'll, yeah. we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's, it's it's one of those things, and it's something I don't think we saw much of in the second half. Um, maybe because of the, another early goal in the second half, uh, kind of gave us the you know the the prerogative, gave us the ball a bit more. But yeah, it's it's something to uh, it's it's a difficult one in it because if you're going to say Townsend's being targeted, what do you do? Do you know what I mean? You put Peters there, who would be targeted for probably the exact same reasons. Um, it's a difficult one. It is really a difficult one, I think. Yeah, and I think that, like I said, with Townsend, I mean, it's one of those things at the moment. We, we know it's a weak area in, in the squad. It's such a pivotal area as well for Carlos. I mean, against Cardiff yesterday, we, we've seen how he sort of changed that with the inverted roles at halftime with, with Furlong and um, Townsend as well. That's something we'll, we'll get onto a little bit, a little bit later on. But yeah, I think if you look at the sort of weak points, I, I do feel as though managers look at our, our squad, look at our setup, and think there's always going to be space over the, that left hand side with, with how yeah. we sort of when we inverse with um, someone dropping into Townsend's role, there's always going to be space there. And I think that that's what Carlos did yesterday as well, which was such a good tactical change. Yeah, but I mean Townsend. He's, he's still dropping six out of tens. Yeah, <laughs> well, every, every game, in my opinion, I, I don't yeah. think he's been exceptionally poor. I don't think it's been exceptionally brilliant, but he, he's he's been okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think he's still. I think he's been good, to be honest. I think I, I I've always thought Townsend's been slightly harshly treated, to be honest. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think since he's obviously he spent a fair while out the side, didn't he? start the season. Um, he didn't play it at all. So he, he came back in, 
few games before Southampton, wasn't it? I think or it might have been Southampton, the game itself. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to come back in and slide straight back in and, uh, you know, be that player again. But I think he's been all right since he's come back in at left back. Obviously, since we've moved to that four at the back, I think he's been pretty decent. And, uh, yeah, it's just difficult. And if, but then uh, you can uh, use, like you say, with yesterday, you can use the uh, formations and little tactical tweaks to kind of mask that, like if he's being targeted. So let's see what uh, Carlos does with it. But he's he's classically clips uh, trust, which uh, he's he's Townsend is the vice captain, which I think says yeah, a lot. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, Carlos clearly has a lot of trust in him. Mm. I think one player that was just immense on Saturday and again last night was a uh, big Cedric Kibro. <laughs> big Cedric, mate. Um, again, we spoke about him on the on the court of the seasonal review um, a couple of weeks back. Yes, he he's just another level, isn't he? This season, I mean, we I won't go back into into the whole thing, but he, he did seem a little bit written off at the start of the season yeah. by a lot of fans, including myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think. On Saturday, he was complete. He was immense with with, with Carl Bartley as a partnership. I think that, that those two together have really created a solid thing. Which at the start of the season, I would not have expected at all. No, no, it was probably the uh, the last partnership you'd expect. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, big said, it's just colossal, isn't it? He's just um, obviously going through a, a massive purple patch. Uh, he's just kind of getting everything right, isn't he? Uh, every challenge. Obviously, he made the crack of a challenge, didn't he, on Saturday? Um, great challenge. Stuff, yeah, great challenge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every header. Obviously, his ability with the ball as well. Everything's just going right for him. And um, I think his game and his form is elevating Bartley as well. Obviously, like, you know, Bartley's a grown-ass grown ass man. <laughs> he doesn't need his, his hand-holding. But I really think it does. Um, when you put in Bartley next to someone like Semi, who maybe isn't as you know self-assured, I'd probably say as as Kipre, uh, both on the ball and in the air. Maybe Bartley's just hasn't got that security, and he's got a, he, Bartley has to be the man to win the header and the man to make the challenge. You know what I mean? Whereas now he doesn't. He can stand there and say, oh, "Big Big Sed's got that." You know what I mean? And um, it's obviously. Just one, you know, little part of our defensive uh, renaissance, you know what I mean? Because it's a unit. And when I say a unit, you think of the back five with the goalkeeper. But I think as a team, we defend so well. The the wingers and the forwards and the centre mids, the defenders and the goalkeeper, it's such a great team effort. Um it's just, it's obviously credit to uh, Carlos um, and credit to the players because not long ago, how many of these players were written off? You say about Kipre, but there's more Bartley and Phillips. A lot more, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could go through the whole team. And I saw mm-hmm. someone say that barring Sarmiento, uh, Steve Bruce could have beat that team yesterday against Cardiff. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I never really thought about it, but not, not that, to be honest. That's Carl, that's for you, man. Mm. What a man. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, since 
just touching on on that um defensive prowess uh, as yeah. you will i think that since since bartlett's come back into the side i mean that's nine clean sheets in 13 games yeah which before that we hadn't kept a clean sheet in up seven which is just crazy <laughs> i yeah. mean um obviously it's to do with the upturning form for palmer as well i know he had a bit of a shaky yeah. start to the season but having that solid partnership with Barley and Kipre obviously fills Palm with more confidence and fills yeah. the t- with the fills the team with more confidence as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's the spine of the team. Mm. It's a it's a football cliche, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a yeah. strong spine. And um we probably have that now, uh, barring a regular striker. Um and yeah, it obviously contributes to the whole team defending well. And uh, you, yeah, it's a, it's it's a crazy progression. Like you say, when you think of the start of the season, where it felt like we had to score three goals to at least to win a game. Um, now, we, I just don't feel like we're going to concede. Um, and like we've said it before, we've, well, it's going on to Cardiff a little bit, yeah. But games like Cardiff, we'd have lost them. As we've said before, uh, we'd have lost those games, you know, last year, year before. Those are the games that we used to lose. And now, I can't, yesterday, I didn't think we were going to concede. Even when Cardiff had a little little bit of pressure, I was like, I just don't think we're going to concede because we look so solid. We look that solid. And um, obviously, that's the, it's the foundation for us, you know, being third, by the way third in the league that's what that's such a it's a massive reason why we're there and it's it's credit to carlos of course and Bartley, like you say and Bartley yeah. coming back it's uh yeah it's 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 excellent man it's excellent big barts and i mean so i don't know if you saw the the, the debate on twitter about O'Shea. Uh, O'Shea. <laughs> um, yeah. i can't believe and now listen i've always been here we go I've, I've always, <laughs> I've always, I've, re, I've always liked Bartley because I think he's a good leader, and he's a good, you know, head it and kick it centre half. He's always been that. I've, I've liked Kipre since way back when. I don't want to be the guy to, you know, be like that, you know. But I did like him. But oh, mate, people saying it's, I'm not really going to get into the actual debate, but I just think it's insane. And read such a good reflection on both the centre backs that people would not have Dara O'Shea back in to to the back line because of how well Bartley and Kipre are playing. Like that is how well they're doing. And I mean, some of these people don't like Dara or blah blah, but it's such a it's such a massive reflection of how how these players have turned their sales around and it's, it's insane, man. It's insane. It's such a, such a great reflection on them as players and individuals, to be honest. Can you imagine Dara Shaw under Carlos? (laughs) Best center half in the league. (laughs) I think I I won't get into the debate too much as you said, but (laughs) going a bit off topic, but (laughs) he's um, just because he struggled in the Premier League at the start of the season. I think he, he would, he would easily be our best center half still. I think his his level was always above the ones we currently have at the moment, and yeah. Carlos would only have improved him. So the, there's one there's one little two pence on, yeah. on that matter. <laughs> so first, um, so I think we'll move on to uh, last night now. Yes, um, another win in South Wales. 
important three points takes up to third in the table. I think yeah. it was a the way it can be identified is really it was a shaky but professional performance really yeah. against Cardiff. I don't think we were as assured as we was against Ipswich. Nah. No, no. Whether it was confidence, fitness, just how we set up tactically, but. Obviously, the slight rotation as well with with BTA and Phillips, um, Swift, Sarmento coming in for for the both of them. Again, it's such a huge three points, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. It feels, um, it feels kind of like bigger than the three points on Saturday, um, mm. because of the context of it. Kind of, you know, you play second in a league, you could almost take a free hit. You know what I mean? Whereas this, um, I mean, you look at the table now. I mean, how we'd have been like seventh um, if we'd have lost, or or well, if we'd have, if Cardiff would have beat us, it's su- such a different landscape. Um, so yeah, it's an absolutely huge win. Um, I couldn't believe the first half; I thought we were absolutely terrible. Um, we like the level of passing was atrocious, man. Like from every single player, um, like especially it, it just shut mow it was terrible in the pass and it was just I was just what is going on um I think you can attribute it to like you say rotation um we we four uh, two games in four days it's always tough on the players that have uh, you know played both games and I think I think Cardiff pressed us really well to be honest in the first half featuring our old friend Callum Robinson um they were kind of pressing both the centre backs, weren't they? They had Robinson and Maytay kind of pressing the centre halves, but kind of standing off a little bit so that there was a, like a wall between the centre backs and the the midfielders. So it was like we were kind of out of options. And there's a few times in the first half that we kind of had to go side to side a bit and then back to the keeper and then end up just lumping it forward. And I think that was a, a obviously a ploy from Cardiff. But then, you know, second half comes, Carlos, as I think about it, comes up trumps and, uh, you know, Sarmiento scores a decent goal. <laughs> Only decent. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the first 15, 20 minutes especially was, was really poor. I mean, Mowat, as you said, I mean, he's a player which we rely on in the build-up heavily and we rely on his, just his past completion to manage just to keep things ticking over. And when you have someone like Mowat who's having a bad day, or bad first half, I'll say, because second half he was a different player. But yeah, the whole team really feels the effect of that, and it just shows how pivotal he is to the system yeah. and to our squad, especially with the Acosta as well. I mean, he had a few little wayward passes. I mean, he he didn't really seem assured on the ball. But again, that that was in the build up. I mean, even Kipre, I think. Yeah. He wasn't playing his usual sort of central centre back role that that was occupied by Bartley, and he was sort of being pushed to the left centre back with Townsend pushing further upfield and wide. At half time, you seen Carlos sort of change that with Kipro moving back over to the centre, Mowat dropping back in to left centre back almost so up to pick yeah. up the ball, and yeah. for Carlos to see these things in real time and not have to go back and watch loads of clips and stuff is just in, immense. I mean, he's. Tactical IQ is up, up there with the best, in, in my opinion, because for him to see that in real time, I think, okay, how can I improve this um, possession? How can I improve the pass completion? 
I'll take my best ball carrier, my best passer, and drop him back into left centre back. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it is. Is um the way he thinks about things is so ingenious to me. Yeah, like I say, the fact that it's in the moment and mid game, and you know, it's it's a special talent to be honest. Then not only to see it, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine there's countless countless uh, coaches out there that have the ability to see what they need to do, but don't have the ability to convey that to the players. Do you know what I mean? He's got everything. He's got, he's got everything you need to be able to change games, um, which he did. Um, yeah, it was such a massive change in how we were playing. It was, it was insane. I mean, I don't think we played like insanely well in the second half, but we were, we were very good. Um, and you compare that to the first half, it's, it's, it's incredible. I think it was partly attributed as well to the goal coming early and it being such a good goal. Um, it was like straight after that goal, we were just passing the ball normally again. It was like it was a boost, wasn't it? Like yeah. to, to settle the nerves, basically. Yeah. It was like every player had a little slap round the chops, and they went, "Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm awake, I'm awake yeah. now." <laughs> yeah, and then we started passing it normally, and mm-hmm. yeah, but like you say, I mean that little. See, it's only a little tweak in it, really. Mm. Um, it's it's ingenious, yeah, and I mean, yeah, we do we do a lot of Carlos Carlos uh, head patting on this podcast, but. I'd pat his head till the cares comes on, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's now only um, one shot on target faced in, in 190 minutes of uh, championship football, which is yeah. just an absolutely insane stat when you look at the opposition, opposition that we faced as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say anyone in particular had a, had a great game. To be honest, I, I can't really think of a standout player. Maybe yeah. Mowat in, in the second half. I, I think Sarmiento managed to grab man of the match. I don't think that was warranted really i think i know you had a bit of stick for for, for your post did i <laughs> after your first half um, first half comments and... <laughs> um i think Sarmiento, obviously it's his first start and since, since like september i think it was um it's obviously a very injury troubled player and he, yeah. he's gonna, gonna need a bit of run of games but i think it's the same sort of culprits in, in his game where he's not very mature on the ball yeah, his, his ball retention's quite poor. I think he always looks to sort of beat a man when he could sort of recycle the ball a bit better. Yeah, um, and it's those, those type of traits where he really needs to sort of learn his decision making. I mean, apart from the goal, was he that impressive to warrant the man of the match? Well, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get him in more trouble here, mate. Um, I I completely agree with you. To be honest, I mean, I couldn't believe. He won man of the match. Um, I thought he was good in the second half. Don't get me wrong. He clearly uh, uh, raised his game. Um, obviously, that goal, I keep watching the goal, and I just think, Oof, that is an insane goal. Like That is incredible. Um, so, fair play to him. But, yeah, it did make me laugh when I, I put that on Twitter. And I do I stand by it. That's people saying, why well, he deleted it? I do stand by it because I think, Fellows did did enough good work while Sarmiento was out for it to be Fellows that starts this game, and I I still stand by that to be honest. Um, even after the game yesterday, because I thought Fellows came on 
and did very well. But you know, Samia scored a good goal. It's all well and good. But I do. It's it's the same. In the first half, it was really frustrating me because it feels like it's exactly like you say. He kind of receives the ball. He's got it on his left side. He brings it to his right, does two step overs, and puts the ball in the box. And you're like, well, let's just you know, let's put the foot, put your foot on the ball, um, recycle it. Do you know? Maybe just actually try and take the man on. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it, and it's funny. Obviously, he scored the goal by doing that. He shifting it back onto his right, and that whip on the on the strike or cross or shot, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I think there's a bit of a hype job around Sarmiento. To be honest, um, obviously he's a great he's, he's he's a great prospect. He's a great talent. Um, do I think I'd I just, I'd have Phillips back in on Saturday? Do you know what I mean? Mm. No, I think it was to, to do the rotation as well. I think yeah. I, but my thing with Sarmiento is, and I said this last night as well on um. Over an Albin insights if you want to give me a follow. <laughs> um, he's quite limited in the sense that he needs a lot of space to work with when, when running at players. I think he's much better when he has a bit of space, an angle to run at someone to be able to create something. Whereas Fellows is more of a complete footballer in that sense, in yeah. terms of he's probably more mature on the ball. Um, it's great to have both of them. Essentially, it's good, great to have, to have both. I mean, Simon's obviously more of a flair player, I would say, compared to yeah. Fellows, but yeah. he has that moment of magic in him, <laughs> as, as yeah. we've seen. But, 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 whether it was a cross or a strike, we'll never know, but end of the day, he, he won us the game. So. Yeah, happy days, mate. Yeah, he keeps doing that. He can crack <laughs> on, keep yeah. playing, and all right. Well, I think we, we mostly stifled Cardiff again. Uh, obviously, Sean yeah. Boy won one shot on target all game. It was a very good chance by Josh Bowler. I think he's one of those players which I've followed for the past couple of years since his Blackpool days. Yeah. And he's a player that really impresses me. Yeah. It was a bit of a lapse in concentration by Kipre. Um yeah. good good stop by Palmer, but again, only real chance in the game, wasn't it, for Cardiff? Yeah. It was a bit of a it reminded me of the Messi Boateng. Yeah, goal. I said that. I said yeah, that as Kipre well. just turns his body, then yeah. I um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I like Bowler. You can see he's got such great ball control and close control. Um, he can really punish you there, but I think it's a really good save, uh, smother, whatever you want to call it, from Palmer. And that's what he's there for, do you know what I mean? But yeah, we just, um, I said it uh, at half time, uh, while, while we was watching it, I thought we was really poor in the first half, but I still think we was the better team. Um, and then that obviously carried through. They they had a little spell, didn't they, about the 80th minute where they had a few corners and such and such. Uh, that the Colwell came on, did he? Did a couple of Cruyff turns. Very nice, mate. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, I think we uh, we kind of, we stifled them, like you say. And yeah, they didn't. They didn't really have much of note to happen, really. I mean, and no. I think that that goes for the whole game. There wasn't really really much of no. All I can think of is obviously that the BTA chance um, oh, with his header. Yeah. I don't know why he's not just let that come down and kicked it into the goal. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to keep on harping on about BTA really because we do we do speak about it quite a lot on this podcast. I mean, 
I think there's there's so many chances where you feel like he should do better. And yeah. as well as that, that header, which should have really come a shot, I think the breakaway in the first half, yeah. when Sarmiento was thrown on goal, hit the post. I mean, I've watched it back again now today, and a championship-level stroke should really adjust his run for that, should anticipate that hit in the post, and yeah. adjust his run to give him more an angle on goal. Yeah. I think it could have been an easy tap-in. And if that was someone like... Major, I, I would I would expect him sort of adjusted run to that. So I, I did get a bit of stick at the start of the season when I said he wasn't a clinical striker, and I think it's come to fruition now that he just isn't. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, I think it's fair to say. To be honest, I mean, I agree with what you say. At the time, I just, I was saying to my brother, like, how hasn't he just how hasn't he anticipated that that hit in the post? Um. It's uh, yeah, it's just the basics in it, really. I mean, those two. Um, well, ch- I mean, one chance, one. Uh, Sami Ato's run, bloody bra. It does come to a point where you're thinking, is he good enough? Probably not. I mean, I've always been a, a defender of him, as with as I've said before on air, and you know, I, I've always, I was always of the opinion that if he did get chances, he would score them. Uh, but now it feels like he's getting chances, to be honest, and he's obviously not scoring them. Um, so it's it's a tough one. I mean, I'd be looking at Maja for for Saturday for definite. Um, obviously, it feels like uh, he's had Maja's had two substitute appearances now. Um, obviously, Swift, but then Swift started on Tuesday yesterday. So you'd imagine Maja should be able to start the game on Saturday. Um, I think it's a it's a game changer. Even I mean, I know we're doing really well, um, but it's I think replacing Maja, uh, replacing BTA with Maja. As much as I love BTA, I love the bloke. I love him. I love, really like him as a striker. As as we said before, he's, I think he's you know um, unconventional striker uh, habits are are good. But I think it's a it's a big boost to us if if and when Magic can start a game. To be honest, mm, I agree with that. I mean, BT obviously obviously came on for Jed, who had to unfortunately come off after about 20, 20 minutes, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it, it's such such a shame. I think we um, rightfully give him give him a bit of stick <laughs> a few games ago. I think he was very poor, but the past couple of games, I think he had that upturn again. He, he was showing a bit of class, showed a bit a bit of quality, playing again in his proper position really out wide yeah it, hopefully it's not going to be a serious injury but it did look quite serious didn't it yeah he looked uh well, i mean he looked in a bit of pain didn't he mm, he did he obviously he soldiered on i mean it happened right at the start didn't it um that the uh, mcginnis obviously put in his marker down um and yeah i mean he tried to carry on for about 15 20 minutes didn't he? and then he just he was just like, nah, this ain't happening. And I mean, when yeah. it's, it's obviously when you movement in it, you're moving your arms and stuff. It's, it's a dodgy one. Um, hopefully it's not. It goes without saying. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, but it's, it's funny isn't it? when you've got, uh, Swifts come back and obviously got Phillips and Diagana and Sarmiento and Fellows. It really it wouldn't be the end of the world if we lost Jed for a few weeks. It'd be. He'd be annoying because, like you say, he was coming back up 
Eddie's our captain, and I've been liking him the last few weeks. But um, we've got options again, and it's uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what is uh, what it comes back as. Fingers crossed, it's not nothing too bad, but we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed, it's a speedy, speedy recovery. Speedy recovery. For Jeff. Yeah, if you're listening. Oh. Cheers, Jed. <laughs> well, that's two wins in two games, six points, third now in the league. Um, moving on to Leicester, we welcome, welcome the Foxes at yeah. the Hawthorns on, on, on Saturday. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. What a man. The, the bane of our existence. <laughs> I mean, the, the top of the league won 14 out of 17 games, best goal difference in the, in the division. Is it really a surprise when they've got essentially a Premier League squad? Well, you said it, mate. I mean, I mean, it was a few weeks ago when I was watching them um, on the Monday Night Football and that, and their their team is simply sensational. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, it's insane. And you're looking at their uh, their bench, and I mean, last the last game you're saying about Vardy, the Vardy was on the bench, came on and scored two goals. Yeah. And uh, they got Cassidy on the bench as well. Connor Cody, Harry Sutar, who went to them last season because he was one of the best centre-backs in the Championship. Now he can't play for them in the Championship. Uh, Dennis Pryor and Tom Cannon on the bench. That's the bench, you know Ridiculous. what I mean? Ridiculous. Um, it's insane. Um, yeah, he's talking Premier League. I mean, yeah, you're going Ricardo Pereira, James Justin, Fires, Vestergaard, Ndidi. Chaudhry, Jisby Hall, Mavididi, Ian Acho, and then the young man, Makatea. It's insane. It's insane, mate. It, really uh, it, it won't stop us from smashing them. But... <laughs> Four now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's some team they've got, and uh, it's no surprise. Uh, I know it's easy to say they should be first. Mm. blah de blah um, But they probably should be first. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think maybe the standout player for me is probably Keenan Jewsbury Hall. Yeah, he's yeah. been he's been immense this season. I mean, six goals and five assists for, for for the young man. I mean, he's dropped down from the Premier League to the Championship. Arguably, could have maybe got a move back up, but he's, yeah. he's stuck with them, and it's really pretty dividends for him. I mean, you, you look at his performances; isn't he's not just stacking up the goals and assists. He's putting in really good performances week in week out. So yeah. The, the the team is ridiculous to be honest. You look at the signing of um, Mads Hermansen as well, the, the goalkeeper. Yeah. You look at Palmer's obviously got the most clean sheets in the division, but you look at impressive goalkeepers. He really has everything. I mean, just shot stopping, sweep, play it from the back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did sign him on um, career mode for West Brom. <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> that last year as well. So just just call me a scout, mate. Yeah. I'm, I'm a scout now. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. But, <laughs> but no, I think honestly, he's he's arguably the best goalkeeper in the division, and they've conceded what I think it's 10, 10, 10 goals all season, goals. and yeah. it's showing because the obviously the defense is primarily quality, but he's a newcomer to England, really yeah. coming from the Danish leagues, something like that. Yeah, and um, he's just been he's been a great asset to them as neither season. Yeah, huge. I mean, it's a. I think it's always a good sign when a defence and a goalkeeper aren't talked about. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't realise I'd only, con- only conceded 10 goals. Um, I think I was looking at the table yesterday before our game, and I've- 10 goals 
in what seventeen games. Um, yeah, obviously it's a it's an excellent setup at the back there. Um, like I say, Hermanson been a an excellent signing from from Bromby, yeah, in uh, Denmark. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game, isn't it? Um, yeah, all I can think about when I think of Leicester is how good they are. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, Moresca, even though I wouldn't put him, there's, there's a few uh, managers that I put above him, to be honest, in the championship. Um, but he's doing the job. And yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be a test. It'll be a test, that's for sure. Well, I mean, <clears throat> looking at their form recently, I think they've slipped up slightly against uh, yeah. Leeds and Borough with two back to back losses. I mean, They've got the win over Watford. Um, the play shuffle Wednesday tonight as well, which should be quite an easy win for them. I mean, looking at form, our form, come to the Hawthorns. I, I was a bit um, sceptical about Ipswich, but I'm, I'm going to back us this week yeah. against Leicester. I think, as you said last pod, I would back us against anyone at home. Yeah, that's, season, that's, so. the big, that's the big thing for me. Um, and like I was saying before the Ipswich game, um, it's just, just the the home form is so big, and um, yeah, bring bring whoever you want, mate. Leicester. They seen the Orphans yet? You know what I mean. Jamie Vardy has seen the uh, the the Woodman corner a few times, but um, you know, yeah, he, he always seems to score against us, doesn't he? I mean, thirty six yeah. years old now, he's still scored six goals this season, which is a great achievement in itself, and. Yeah. I'd back him. I'd, I'd bet on him to score against us yeah. on Saturday as well, oh, unfortunately. Oh. I mean, he always seems to, doesn't he? But we, he hasn't played against Big Sed yet, so... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, just to touch on Moresca as well, um, he's obviously implemented like a possession-based philosophy now, but Leicester, similar, quite similar to, to Saints, really. Um, they're not very effective with the passing. And I know that, that I know it might sound a bit ridiculous, but the the second for total passes in the, in the division, but the twenty second in the league for progressive passes, excluding the final third. So, yes, they keep the ball quite a lot and they pass the ball quite a lot, but when they get out of that, the centre backs and the full backs, they're not progressing with the ball as much as they should be really, yeah. and I can see Carlos sort of setting up in a way that. We'll look to nullify that. Maybe de- deploying Furlong and Townsend quite wide again. Um, maybe looking at bringing Chaliba back in. Maybe if, if... <laughs> it's a big show. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, I, I can see maybe a little bit of rotation again. Um, as always with Carlos, because I said before, it always seems seems to be a different sort of lineup, different tactical setup, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to seeing a. Uh... Leicester's personalised game plan. You know what I mean? This is how Carlos does his does his work. So he'll have something up his sleeve. And um, yeah, the big thing for me is I trust Carlos completely and I trust the Albion at home. So big win, mate. Big There win. you go. Well, Alf, I think that's all we have time for today, mate, unfortunately. Um, thank you again for joining me and discussing those three games. I mean, it's been a, a very positive week for us, hasn't yeah, it? And it's been all right, isn't it? <laughs> hopefully it will continue with a win against Leicester as well at the Hawthorne on Saturday. Yes, 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 so, yes. 
Thank you all for listening. And again, thank you for joining me, Alf. Thank you, mate. I'll see you next week. See you next week.